Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives so that together you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. And a happy Advent to you. Uh, We are still in Advent. It is not Christmas yet, despite what you may have heard by walking through the mall or going to Walmart or wherever it is you frequent. The Christmas music is everywhere, and it's relentless. But it's not time for that yet. As a uh, friend priest of mine, Father Brian O'Brien here in the uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma area, often posts on Twitter as we get closer and closer to Christmas, is it Christmas yet? No. (laughs) No, it's not. We are coming up on the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudate Sunday. This is the Sunday that my family will gather together around the tree and decorate it. We've had the tree up this year since the first Sunday of Advent because Advent is so short, but normally we don't put it up until the second Sunday. Uh, and then the, the third Sunday of Advent, we, we decorate it. Of course, we light it on St. Lucy's Day, which is the 13th. We decorate it on Gaudate Sunday. And the closer we get to Christmas Day... The, the brighter our uh, festivities become, the brighter the home gets uh, as there are more and more decorations out. And the more uh, joy fills the home. Of course, the, the more light we have as we light the Advent candles each night. Uh, but it, it's just something, it's another visible expression of what our hearts are going through during this time. And it's no, no accident that the winter is generally a darker time anyway. And we're coming up to the time where the days get longer and the days get brighter as the the prophets speak of until the noonday, right? There comes an anticipation and a growing anticipation uh, that, that will be fully revealed when the light of Christ is, uh, is all in all. When we are bathed in the light that heavenly light uh, that comes to us at Christmas. So my question for you today is, how are you living your Advent? What does it look like in your home? What does it look like when you're out shopping? How do you bring Advent with you everywhere you go? Uh, we have a, people ask, you know, in the checkout line, because I'm that kind of person. I am. I'm the kind of person that will have this conversation in the checkout line where someone says, how's your Christmas going? I say, well, I'm having a wonderful holiday season, uh, but we're we're going to celebrate Christmas uh, from December 25th until uh, until the the baptism of the Lord, which this year falls on. Yeah, I generally I have it in my head. I don't right now, uh, but you know we have that we celebrate the full 12 days of Christmas. But right now we're really into the season of Advent. Oh, what's that? They might ask because you know the Scripture says, uh, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. But you can't give an answer if they're not asking a question. And so I like to say, live a questionable life so that people ask those questions and then be ready to have an answer for the hope. Sometimes you'll get the question of, uh, you know, are the kids looking forward to Santa's visit? Well, you know, we had St. Nicholas come to the house on the 6th on his feast day. But, you know, we're coming up on Gaudate Sunday. We're going to decorate the tree, and they're really excited about that. And you just talk about it like they know exactly what it is, and and then that brings the question. That brings up, well, what do you mean? What What's Gaudate? And, you know, sometimes they're just going to nod at you and smile and think you're crazy and let you go. But sometimes they're going to say, oh, really? What, what's that? And now you have an opportunity 
you have an opportunity to share uh, something of the story of Christmas. Because the Christmas, the, the day of Christmas is is a wonderful day. It's the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's where God becomes man. It's a big deal, but it's kind of the middle of the story. Uh, as we go to Mass each day or as we uh, read through the readings, as my family does each night around the Advent candle, as we're reading the whole story that the church gives us, starting all the way back in the book of Genesis, uh, and then bringing us all the way through to Revelation. We get the whole gamut of readings during Advent as we prepare for Christ to come. Uh, I think last week in the breviary readings, uh, we see St. Bernard talking about the three comings of Christ, that Christ comes to us at Christmas, that he comes to us in each of our hearts over and over again, and that he finally will come at the end of all days. And so we get to talk about what it means for us to be waiting for Christ. And you can do that in a way that uh, you're not preaching to anyone. That's the whole thing about sharing your faith, is you don't have to preach at anyone. You can talk about your own personal experience with with Christ, your own personal experience with the liturgical year and liturgical calendar. And really, no one can, uh, they, they may be frustrated or they may be annoyed, but they can't fault you for it because your experience is valid. Uh, I, I don't ever have to come to a person and say, well, this is what you should do. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the language of the war on Christmas because really the war on Christmas has nothing to do with whether or not people in the store say Merry Christmas. It has to do with whether or not people realize what Christmas is about. And if a secular company uh, decides to, to embrace a, a broader understanding of the holidays for their clientele, that's their right to do so. You don't have to shop there. That's fine. But for me, uh, I, I want to really grasp hold and not let go of what this season is about, that God who, who made us and with whom we severed relationship still loved us so much that he himself sent his only begotten son of the same essence and became incarnate. He put on flesh and he came to us and he made a way through his own sacrificial gift of self. He made a way for us to come back into relationship with the God who made us. That's what Christmas is about. And an Advent points us to the need for that, right? That's what I love so much about the liturgical calendar, is that we don't just ramp right up and say, hey, Merry Christmas, Jesus came uh, and died for your sins. Hallelujah. Happy birthday, right? No, we, we start with the need, and we sit for a while uh, in the uncomfortable silence of our own inadequacy, of the inadequacy of, uh, of the cosmos to save itself. We sit for a while in our own foibles and fumbles. We sit for a while and remember the fall, and we remember all of the times that the, the children of God completely ignored his voice. And we don't do it by saying, ha-ha, look at those people in the Old Testament. They, they kept disobeying God. We look at it and say, wow, we haven't changed all that much. We still 
make these mistakes. We still, God tells us to go one place, and we do exactly the opposite because we think maybe God is uh, more merciful than just, or maybe we're scared of God because we think God is more just than merciful, and we miss the fact that his mercy and his justice are completely in balance and intertwined with one another. And, and so we continue to do those same things that his chosen people have done throughout all ages. And so we sit with that uncomfortability, and we echo the words of the prophet Isaiah, and we echo the words of the, the, the psalmist, and we say, How long, O Lord? Will, will you be angry with us forever? You know, maybe you don't experience that anger, but someone in, in the church feels far from God. And so you can take the Psalms as a, as a way to understand and maybe pray for that other person who feels far from God or feels abandoned by God. And you can say, you know what, how long, O oh Lord, will you be angry with them forever? Would you show your favor to them again? Would this season, this holy season of Advent where uh, the, your people throughout all ages have longed for your coming and how this friend of mine who I, who I know, they right now are feeling abandoned and they long for your coming, would you... Most merciful God, would you come right now where they are in this season of Advent? And when you make yourself manifest to them as you did to the shepherds and to the angels and to all, all of humanity when you came that first time, that first Christmas. It's one of the things I love about the liturgical calendar is that it forces us out of our current situation and out of our own experience and to look at, at something that that someone that we know or that we love is experiencing, to bring us out of our individual self and into the corporate Christianity and say, hey, I know that you're having a great year, but let's spend some time in longing and anticipation so that we understand not only what those a long time ago experienced, but to experience it with those who are currently feeling it. I know that maybe you've had an awful year, but this Sunday is about rejoicing. And so now is the time to lay down your anxiety just for a little while to lay down your anxiety and to look beyond those current pressing situations and to look to this cosmic story of God coming to redeem us by sending his only son and to, to look through the eyes of the shepherds with wonder, to look through the eyes of Simeon who's been waiting for the promised Messiah for so long and for just a moment with wonder to look and celebrate the coming of Christ this Advent. It's a challenge to be sure. It's really hard to get out of our, our mindset, out of the camera being behind our eyes, and to place ourselves in the wider story of history, to place ourselves in someone else's shoes that, that we're in communion with, in community with, and to stand in solidarity with those who, uh, whose experience is different than ours. But it's a challenge worth taking up this Advent. Well, when we come back, we're going to have a conversation with Bo Bonner. We've had him on the show before, and he is going to talk with us about his experience of Advent. Well worth your time. Don't go anywhere. Join the ongoing conversation at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. And don't go anywhere because we'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and the implications of faith on daily life. 
I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Tomorrow is Gaudate Sunday. That's the fancy, fancy word, a Latin word for joy. And we get the the term Gaudate from the antiphons that happen uh, in in the Missal that say, Rejoice, O Zion, right? So uh, here we are. This is the Sunday that as we're, we're not quite there, uh, but we're getting close enough to anticipate the joy of Christmas. Uh, I don't know if you might have met someone like this, where they they have the Advent candle and they write that they light the three purples and the pink on the last Sunday because they think that that rose candle is getting lighter because it's almost Christmas. But not so, not so. That is the third Sunday that that rose candle. I, I saw once. Um, it said, it, "You know, it's pink." You know, you know it's rose and not pink because Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't pink from the dead. So it's the rose candle on the third Sunday, uh, which is, uh, is tomorrow. Rejoice. And we're talking today about joy. We're talking with uh, my good friend, Bo Bonner. He is the director of mission and, uh, and ministry and also an assistant professor at Mercy College of Health Sciences up in Iowa, but, but home, for, uh, home for the holidays with, with family. So, Bo, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. That's uh, It worked out well. It's one of those deals where you live in Iowa and you come home from Oklahoma and then you're talking with your friends on the good old internet and you realize that you're just down the road from each other. So let's go down and talk. So thank you for welcoming me down here. I know. La. We, we could have we could have sat down over Skype, but there's not uh, there's not adult beverages over Skype. That's right. You they, have to bring your own. They've not figured that part out. And so, so here you are sitting in the living room just across, and we're having a grand old time. We've sent the, uh, sent the family away to the library for a little bit of quiet. And uh, glad to sit down with you. We're talking about happy holidays. Well, you know, one thing that came to mind exactly when you were talking about uh, Gaudete Sunday that's coming up, Joy. Um, you know, introits used to be even more important than they are now. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I've tried to get people to, to, to think about it this way. I like to say that introits are the tip of the spear for each uh, mass that we're celebrating and that um, there's a way in which we, you know, we get to be like everybody else where everything is sort of the same and every mass is the same with very little difference. Mm -hmm. But it used to be the idea that every mass could have been identified by its introit, like that first song, that first, you know, tone that we, we send up to God. And so in the midst of the purple season, the penitential season, uh, when we have a tip of the spear that stabs us in the heart and opens us up with the word joy, that's going to be significant. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I think it's, it makes a lot of sense to really make more of this. Yeah. You know, I, I think of it's kind of like the cliff notes or the spoilers. You know, that's right. We're, we're going to give you a spoiler to, the, to the, the movie of today's liturgy by saying, oh, well, here's, what, here's what it's really about. Foreshadowing foreshadowing so you know I, I love hymns i've got like 48 hymnals over there on my on my bookshelf impressive yet, he's not lying and yet there's something about the uh, the the traditional the the introits and the the propers that I, i'd love to recapture in some way well you know i've tried to do this before where um i've tried to convince uh a a parish to do their um their parish program, like what they teach the kids mm-hmm. based on the introit of the coming Sunday. And uh, people liked it uh, to begin with. Then when you get bogged down into how are you practically going to do that? But, you know, that's not what philosophy majors. We didn't have that class. <laughs> Pract- practicality. Yeah. What do you mean? No, practicality. You need to hire someone else for that part. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, you know, we ask about this all the time. Like, how are we going to teach our kids the faith? How are we going to learn more about it and intertwine that learning mm-hmm. with the liturgy? And folks, I just think that if you want, like you said, like a good short, compact way to say, what is this week about? Mm-hmm. It's the introit. And, and nothing says that more than this coming Sunday, where we say, in the midst of waiting for our Lord, um, rejoice, joy, he is coming, you know, like the, and, and so many of the introits um, of the masses of Ad- Advent have that behold, the, the, this, this awaiting language. And, you know, the readings up till now mostly do come from the Old Testament and they start to switch to the new about the foreshadowing and John. And, you know, it, it's funny that early in Advent, it's the Old Testament and like revelation or, 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 or you know, see, looking into the future and it's like those two things start to converge starting with this Sunday. So let's let's say I want to get a hold of uh, of the spoilers, of the sneak peeks, just to kind of inform myself not only of uh, on the Sunday masses, but but all the masses that happen throughout every day of the year. Uh, how do I find those introits to just kind of help me reflect on the season and study? Well, I know all over, you know, the good old internet. I mean, I everybody's talking about net neutrality. And so I don't know if that means that, you know, there'll be, you know, internet cops or not. I don't understand robots. <laughs> um, but at least till now, if you will literally put in Google introit of the, of the Sunday or just Advent introit, um, places like CC Watershed, I, I know that's one place I will go look mm-hmm. and they'll have it. Um, and, but you can get, uh, uh, you know, uh, daily, uh, excuse me, weekly missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, they will have the introit. There's all sorts of places to do it. Um, you mentioned CC Watershed. They have, uh, you know, the, the the weekly missiles that you buy from St. Joseph's or wherever. Mm-hmm. They they're good for a season and they're done. Right. Uh, but CC Watershed has put together a beautiful uh, Saint Saint Joe's missile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably saying that incorrectly, so don't shoot me. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, you can get to that, of course, over on ccwatershed.org. Yeah. yeah. And 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 they also have. Um, you know when the internet first came out to show how old we are? <laughs> and, like, you would go to a website and, like, destroy five hours of your time. And there's not as many websites like that. You, you kind of start going back to the same places. CC Watershed is one place where I'll just start watching videos. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, it's it's morning. <laughs> so you know, I have a, though, I recommend it very much. It was easy, though, to, to kill five hours on a website back then because loading a picture would right. take 30 minutes. Yeah, you may have only read about like <laughs> 16 lines of text, but the point still stands, right? CC Watershed, you can immerse yourself in it. We're talking today with Bo Bonner uh, from Mercy College of Health Sciences in Iowa. He's also a, a former uh, former Methodist. That's right. Uh, seminary. And he, he actually, you finished your seminary degree. I did not. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they went ahead and gave me the MDiv and... You know, at the time, I don't know about you, they open hearts, open minds, right? But their doors weren't open enough to hire a meth- uh, a Catholic as their, their minister. <laughs> so. I, I wonder why. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I, you know, I, I tell people that I, I left, uh, I was a, a Protestant worship pastor until I became Catholic and they wouldn't let me anymore. But I, honestly, I, I didn't even ask because, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I wasn't expecting that the sermons would go well, Tim. I was, just, <laughs> I was just willing to try it. Yeah. Pra- practicality again. It's not, a, it's not a, yeah. not in uh, the philosophy wheelhouse. Methodists do pay better too. They, you know? uh, so I'm, the wages of sin are death, and then right above that is Catholic wages. <laughs> and I always joke around that the reason I converted for the right reasons, but I, I think like deep in my DNA, 
the oaky and Irish part of me is like, this is too much money. Become a Catholic. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, your family and mm-hmm. Advent. You've been Catholic since? Uh, 2006. So uh, 2006, you've begun to marinate in the traditions of the church. Of course, Methodism uh, that you and I were both a part of that had the season of Advent, that had some understanding of the liturgical year, uh, some, peri- some congregations more than others. But now that you've begun to marinate in in what it means to be a Catholic during Advent, what does some of your Advent look like with your family? Yeah, you know, um, and that's something that I want to tip my hat to the Methodists. I know I was teasing a bit earlier is I grew up Southern Baptist and we didn't have Advent. And one of the reasons that I thought like, okay, I'll become Methodist is you start to be introduced to these seasons. Um, I think when you, like you said, marinate in Catholicism about a decade now, more than a decade, um, that you start to see that this is a gift and an opportunity that you just throw away. I mean, the weirder and the more involved you get in Catholicism, it, it's like if you you bought, you know, the, the Crayola box that had 365 colors mm-hmm. and stuck to the primary colors to not try to get into all of the grooves uh, that Catholicism provides. And Advent is one of these. We, we you know, I think we... You were talking about it. You hear people talk about the war on Advent, right? That we don't even have expectation before we get to Christmas. And you want to you want to get that, you know, deep in your children's heart about expecting something, expecting a gift, waiting on it, and longing for it. And, you know, one easy way for us is we just try to actually be very mindful about all of the feasts um, that are really prominent during the season— it's really easy uh, to sell kids on celebrating St. Nicholas Day on December 6th because mm-hmm. that means that they don't, you know, I just got done talking about waiting, but they get gifts at the beginning of the month. Um, but to talk about who St. Nicholas was, maybe it depends on what you want to do as a parent, but, you know, talk about why is St. Nicholas maybe different than how people talk about Santa Claus and how does this, uh, you know, deal with the faith as well. But you have uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, you have... Um, the Immaculate Conception, you have St. Lucy's, all that have um, very um, different ways to celebrate those feasts, but also all of them really in some way point to what we're waiting on coming in Christmas. And let's not forget that each of those feast days has very specific recipes yes. of, of baked goods or some right. other just amazing food That's right. that, that you can have on an ongoing basis yeah and i mean if you want to talk about we were i think twice now we've uh um lauded how not practical necessarily i am i have a practical one for you is what do people argue about the most is menus mm-hmm. well here you go you know we had carnitas on our lady of guadalupe and, and it Mexican made life chocolate really easy exactly yeah and so saint lucy's i don't know if you want to go with uh, like loot fish and stuff you know the the, <laughs> the scandinavians are really big into that but we had we had uh, swedish meatballs there you go yeah it worked out well did you light your kid's hair on fire we did not okay <laughs> we're going to continue this conversation with bo bonner just after the break as we talk about Advent in the season of waiting, and specifically this week, joy, Gaudate Sunday, as we have this period of expectation and joyful expectation right in the middle of our waiting. Join the ongoing conversation over at facebook.com slash Walls on Twitter. The handle's at Outside the Walls. But don't go anywhere because we'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Today we're talking about Gaudate Sunday joy in the midst of our waiting, in the midst of this penitential season of Advent. And we're talking today with my friend Bo Bonner. He's the director of mission and ministry, uh, not to mention an associate professor, assistant professor, let me get that right, at uh, Mercy College of Health Sciences in Iowa, but home for the holidays. Welcome. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, if you want to promote me and can convince people, associate professor, I I do that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, um, back in good old Oklahoma, um, you know, have to get a little bit. I'm wearing shorts for the first time in a while, but you know, otherwise, we'll put a picture of. No, I no, yeah, we won't. You do no, not we, want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you also you have your your hand in radio. That's as right. Well, you've got a radio program on Catholic the Catholic Radio Network up there. Yeah, called uh, the Uncommon Good. Yeah, Iowa Catholic Radio. So we have it on every Wednesday, uh, 10 a.m. to 11. But then we are uh, two up on uh, the old podcast and iTunes. So. The Uncommon Good, uh, co-hosted with me and my friend, uh, Dr. Bud Marr, who director out at Pittsburgh at the Newman Institute of Newman Studies. Awesome. So we are talking today about Gaudate Sunday, about the season of Advent. And if you watch the news or, or frequent the Internet at all, you see this, this uh, conversation about the war on Christmas. Mm. A couple of years ago, there was this uh, the short little piece on Eye of the Tiber, yeah, it's a, a wonderful <laughs> a Catholic version of the Onion, the Eye of the Tiber, uh, talking about this this man who is so upset because people were saying Merry Christmas and it was still Advent, right? And he was a curmudgeon about it. And I'm like, this is me. When someone <laughs> says Happy Holidays to me, I am just absolutely thrilled yeah. because these are the holy days. That's right. right. Uh, this is the holidays, and we're not at Christmas yet. We'll save Christmas for Christmas because it seems like. Growing up, I don't know if it was this way for you, uh, we start anticipating the, the gifts and the tree and the presents under the tree and the lights uh, all the way back at uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Back then we waited until Thanksgiving. Na- now it happens earlier. Uh, and, and so you would have these this glorious uptick in getting all excited about the presents and unwrapping and the thrill that you're going to experience there. And then you get to it, Christmas morning happens, you get up and you tear into the presents, and 30 minutes later you hit this crash. Right. And it's over. And there's like, all of a sudden you could play in the bleak midwinter and it would be perfectly uh, appropriate because the outlook is bleak until next Christmas. That's right. It's all over. The trees on the side of the road getting picked up on the 26th. And there's just, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth (laughs) in outer darkness. That's right. And so really this is... We practice Advent for a number of reasons. One, because it's central to our faith and it instills the faith in our children. But two, it averts the crash. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, uh, with as as much uh, sweets and candy everyone's throwing at you, it diabetic crash is a good way to think about it. It's the the equivalent liturgically of a diabetic crash. So with with the Advent and and the participation in Advent, we can build up to it. You you mentioned that your family, as well as mine, does a Jesse tree. Talk right. about how that what that what does that look like in your house? Well, unlike you know the secular world where December just becomes another time for someone in a Star Wars movie to blow up an orb, <laughs> uh, what we try to do <laughs> is because uh, you know everyone likes trees. Uh, you know we're Bonners are Normans. We come from the Viking people. We like putting up trees in, in houses. It's cool. Um, but what you can do 
is uh, we try to find, and it's always fun to hunt these down, um, ornaments that remind some aspect of the Old Testament stories that lead up to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a way um, to really talk about, if you're, you know, to use the big old theological term, uh, you know, the, the, the economics of God, the, the divine economy, his rolling out his plan, and to remind uh, your kids and yourself, uh, very much included, that how long in waiting Israel was before the Savior arrived, right. that they had been looking for thousands of years towards um, what had been promised. And so, you know, it's like you said, it's, it, now we, us waiting for 25-ish days mm-hmm. is no longer us needing to be impatient. It's, it's to be sort of, you know, in solidarity with the people of Israel who came before Christ and, and, and living out the reality of Israel in our hearts so that we too can truly rejoice at the coming of the Messiah. Well, and I, I think it's also, Advent also gives us the, the, the gift of reminding us that we are also waiting. Right. Right. We, we like to think that we're waiting and we're standing in solidarity with those who waited before for the coming of Christ, and now Christ has come and all is well. No, the world is still longing for redemption. Right. right. We've experienced redemption. It's already happened. But the whole cosmos, the world itself is still, Romans says, groaning for redemption. And so we we can not only stand in solidarity with those who went before because they were waiting for Christ to come the first time. We're experiencing the waiting in a very real way, not waiting for Christmas morning, but waiting for uh, the eschaton, waiting for Christ to return. So, you know, the the sort of um, easy way to remember that is people say Christ in, in Advent, we're waiting for his coming in history, in mystery, and in majesty. Mm-hmm. And uh, so history, of course, um, his literal coming in the past, the majesty, him coming again, the second coming, but then mysteriously that Christ has to be reborn in the cavern of our hearts, right? That we, we, if we don't, you know, find a place for the Holy Family in our hearts, if there's no room in the inn of our hearts, then we can't be um, all of this that Christ has promised for us, this grand um, life to be lived if we can't find room um, for the coming babe of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, we're talking today with Bo Bonner. Uh, he's the host of The Uncommon Good in Iowa Catholic Radio. You can find them online as well. We'll put a link to that their podcast up on our social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. We were talking about um, coming up to Advent and and building up to it in such a way that it doesn't end up in the crash. Mm-hmm. Some of what we do, uh, we do the feast days, we sell it, we open the, the stockings on the 6th, we we uh, have all of the different feast days that we bring out. We go through the readings every day. We do the the uh, the tree, but then Christmas comes, and we don't stop. Right. Because Christmas has just now started on the twenty fifth, and we go all the way. It used to be the twelve days of Christmas, but now they've split up Epiphany into a yeah. couple of different days. So now we go all the way to the baptism of the Lord, wherever that happens to fall on a given year. Right. And we have the opportunity to. Now, focus on what Christmas is about, and that's the Christ child. Not the presents, uh, but, but the Christ child. And so we, we don't start cooking our Christmas candy until Christmas. right? We do, we do the feast day stuff before that. But the Christmas candy stuff, we start at Christmas. This year, we're going to do a third day of Christmas carol sing, where we're inviting people over to the house on the third day of Christmas because that's the day that worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're just going to gather around because, you know, we were used to growing up singing Christmas carols all throughout the season of Advent, and now you may get two before Christmas midnight mass, if you're lucky. Right. 
So we're like, you know what? We're just going to, I've got 42, 45 hymnals over there. We're just going to crack them open. That's right. Well, you know, and uh, it works out well even just talking about hymnody and how you use that in your family. So we're getting a a good old steady stream of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel um, in the old veins. And, that you know, you don't break that out until Advent. And um, luckily it is actually a good hymn. You know, a lot of times hymns are (laughs) not good, but that's a, it's a great hymn. Um, and especially upping the ante. This one thing, I guess, to say before, you know, the O antiphons, which the Como Como Emmanuel is based off of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, running from December 17th mm-hmm. yeah, up to the 24th. Um, and that's usually part of the Jesse tree as well. But you sing that and you hold off. And then when you do get to the 25th and really, uh, yeah, we play, uh, I mean, we probably become annoying to everyone else because they're all like ratcheting down Christmas oh, music. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're bumping it, you know, f- through through the neighborhood with the windows down and um, <laughs> making sure people know. You know, and the thing that I will throw out to people, uh, uh, speaking about practicalities and, and understanding the difficulties of it, you know, we're always traveling this time mm-hmm. of year. And so it's hard, you know, to uh, maybe try to do what you want to do, like if you were in your house and, and you didn't leave or anything like that. Um, but really trying to convince your family that maybe isn't on the same page of you while you're on the road. Um, that, you know, we really want the celebrations to not stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in the end you can convince people to say, hey, why should we act like fuddy-duddies the week after Christmas? This should be an ongoing uh, consideration of, of celebration and happiness. Well, and really, let, let's just, let's look practically. I know that that's not your, your strong suit right, right, right. this, this has become a, 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 <laughs> an intervention about practicality. But let's look practically. What else are you going to be doing, honestly, that right. week between Christmas and, and New Year's? Everyone is just like on this this complete depression, need-to-be-medicated kind of crash when when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, the bowl games haven't even started in earnest. I mean, even if you're going to be <laughs> secular, guys, I mean, like, that's a great week of football and you can't even be happy? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but before, you mentioned O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. There are some really amazing uh, Advent hymns other than that. Right. You, you don't have to have only that in your diet, right? You can, oh, come thou redeemer of the earth, uh, come thou long expected Jesus, mm-hmm. right? There's all, there's all kinds of, uh, of those Advent hymns. Uh, and if, if you need some, hit me up on social media because I've got 45 hymnals. Over. Right. Now I will tell you <laughs> some really good ones. I will do the research. I will do the research. Some of it's already been done that there's a lovely CD called Advent at Ephesus. Oh by, yes. By some Benedictine sisters up in, uh, up in Missouri. So th- there's all kinds of options uh, for you to celebrate the season. Now I'm going to have a little bit more with Bo just right after this. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, find find it by going over to OutsideTheWalls.com. Click that Patreon link. I've got another segment that I'm just waiting to give you. Come over there and join those who support the show so that we can continue to do this week in and week out. Bo, thanks for being a part of the show today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your hymnal-filled home. <laughs> We're talking about Gaudate Sunday and Advent. Don't go anywhere. There's much more to come right after this. Join the ongoing conversation at facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handles at outside the walls and maybe tell me some of your traditions. What do you do during Advent to make the season go on? We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to outside the walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. And today we're talking about Advent, talking about joy. We're talking about the coming of Christmas, that Christ is coming. He indeed is coming, not just in uh, as the babe in the manger, but as the returning and triumphant king that we see in the book of Revelation. We had a great conversation today with Bo Bonner. He's the host of The Uncommon Good on Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, we've had him on the show before, and I've got a link to his show up on my social media over at facebook.com slash stepoutsidethewalls. Twitter, the handle's at Outside the Walls. If you missed any part of today's show, have no fear. It's all archived over at outsidethewalls.com. We've, uh, we've updated the website there, made it a little bit easier to navigate. We've got uh, the, you no longer have to click the archive, episode archive link. You start off right there at the episode archives. Uh, and today's show will be right up at the top shortly after today's show is finished. It makes it really easy to share if you have someone that, that you think would really benefit from today's show, that would like to hear it. Uh, we encourage you to share it on social media or through uh, through email or any other such way that you prefer to share these things. By all means, uh, let your friends know. Now, I also have an extra segment that uh, Bo and I continued our conversation here in my living room. Uh, he's home for the holidays, and we had a great sit-down face-to-face uh, on today's show. And that continues for those people who support the show through Patreon. You can get that, uh, that episode, that little uh, extra segment, 15 minutes or so, by going to OutsideTheWalls.com, click the Patreon Support the Show link, uh, and select one of those options uh, that lets you support the show at a level you feel comfortable with and get all kinds of goodies to boot, including these extra segments. So take a look over there, see what may interest you as a uh, end-of-the-year Christmas gift to me, and I thank you very much. Now, as always, we want to turn our attention over to our readings from Scripture and from church history. And today, as we talked about, tomorrow is Gaudate Sunday. It's the day of joy, and that's reflected in our readings. So we start off in the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, and the prophet says, Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Sing joyfully, O Israel. Be glad and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed the judgment against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You have no further misfortune to fear. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Be not discouraged, for the Lord your God is in your midst a mighty Savior. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings at festivals. That reading comes from the book of Zephaniah. It can be really easy when you are going through difficulties and going through trials to feel uh, completely forgotten, to feel maybe abandoned or, or worse, to feel that God is like the kid standing over you with a magnifying glass, trying to see how much you can endure. But this isn't the picture that we have of God. Uh, In fact, last week in our readings at Mass, we heard that the Lord is not slow. The Lord does not delay in keeping his promises, as some understand delay. But he is patient with us. So perhaps the thing you're enduring, perhaps it's uh, something that you need to endure, something that 
uh, that is refining you in the process. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a, a rough go, but God is not slow in coming and bringing aid. You know, you may feel like, I can't make it past this day, and yet that day comes and we get past it, and we look back and we're like, well, I'm still here. It can't get much worse, and then it gets worse, and we're still here. And so we sit here and we cry out to God and say, God, I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on, but God, come to my aid. That's the prayer I've taken to praying. God, come to my aid. And I don't really say what that aid is because I have some ideas of what it would look like for God to to bring me out of my Advent and into my Christmas. I have some ideas of what it would look like to be out of the season of waiting and into the season of fulfilled promise. But just like those people who experienced the very first Advent, Christmas did not come like they expected. Christ did not come uh, the, the triumphant king that set all things right politically, Christ came as a babe in a manger who gave up his life unto death and died to save us not from our political enemies, the Romans, but to save us from our sins. And so I, I've, I've learned the lesson, uh, hopefully, that, that Christ doesn't come to us with the salvation that we expect in the way that we expect. His is abundantly beyond and more substantial than what we long for. And so I've come to realize that when I expect God to to come and save me out of a situation, and I think, you know, I understand that God is good and what I'm experiencing is not my understanding of goodness my first response is not, therefore, God is not good. My first response has become, therefore, I need to reevaluate what goodness is. I need to reevaluate what God's goodness looks like towards me because God is good. And so if I'm not experiencing what I understand goodness to be, I need to reevaluate my definition. I need to see that, that God does not treat me with more favor than he treats those who love him in places where they're persecuted, right? God is good, absolutely. And he's good, just as good to the person in China as he is to me. And so now I have to reevaluate what I understand goodness to be. I have to reevaluate in the long uh, scheme of things, what is God's promise to me? God's promise to me is not material, but it's spiritual. And that spiritual richness that God has promised to me is so much more satisfying and abundant than the the temporal things I long for here on this earth. And so I can look at these readings, at Zephaniah, and he says that God has turned away my enemies, and the King of Israel, the Lord, is in my midst, and I have no further misfortune to fear. And I realize I'm going to experience misfortune in life externally. But God has something for me. And Christ makes himself available to me through the sacraments. Christ is present to me. And so I can sit uh, and I can look in, in the face, look at the problems that face me. And I can say, you know what? These are of little consequence based on the fact that God is good and Christ makes himself available to me. And if I would just sit and be with him, and, and, and allow myself 
to let go the anxieties that flood about me. I can say, you know what? The Lord God is in my midst, and he is a mighty Savior, and he will rejoice over me with gladness and renew me in his love. Our reading from Scripture today comes from a letter by St. Leo the Great. To speak of our Lord, the Son of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as true and perfect man, is of no value to us if we do not believe that he has descended from the line of ancestors set out in the gospel. Matthew's gospel begins by setting out a genealogy of Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham, and then traces his human descent by bringing his ancestral line down to his mother's husband, Joseph. On the other hand, Luke traces his parentage backwards, step by step, to the actual father of mankind, to show that both the first and the last Adam share the same nature. No doubt the Son of God in his omnipotence could have taught and sanctified men by appearing to them in a semblance of human form, as he did to the patriarchs and prophets, when, for instance, he engaged in a wrestling contest or entered into conversation with them, or when he accepted their hospitality and even ate the food they set before him. But these appearances were only types, signs that mysteriously foretold the coming of one who would take a true human nature from the stock of the patriarchs who had gone before them. No mere figure, then, fulfilled the mystery of our reconciliation with God, ordained from all eternity. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon the Virgin, nor had the power of the Most High overshadowed her, so that within her a spotless womb, wisdom might build itself a house, and the Word become flesh. The divine nature and the nature of a servant were to be united, in one person, so that the creator of time might be born in time, and he through whom all things were made might be brought forth in their midst. For unless the new man, being made in the likeness of sinful flesh, had taken on himself the nature of our first parents, unless he had stooped to be one in substance with his mother while sharing the father's substance and being alone, free from sin, united our nature to his, the whole human race would still be held captive under the dominion of Satan. The conqueror's victory would have profited us nothing if the battle had been fought outside our human condition. But through this wonderful blending, the mystery of new birth shone upon us, so that through the same Spirit by whom Christ was conceived and brought forth, we too might be born again in a spiritual birth. And in consequence, the evangelist declares the faithful to have been born not of blood, nor of the desire of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That reading comes from a letter by St. Leo the Great. Thanks for joining us today. Kids, do you have anything to say? Happy Advent from our family to your family. Couldn't have said it any better. Join us over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handle's at outside the walls. Today's show is brought to you by the generous gifts of all those who support the show through Patreon. Go to outsidethewalls.com, click the Patreon link and join their numbers. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.